0: It's a pleasure to be with you today. And I want to do a little thing with you before we start, uh, before I start my sermon. I am used to the African American church, so the black church. And what we do is we do a little talk back. And so it's always weird to me to be at a Unitarian church or Mm, certain churches right because I feel like it's like no one's responding and they're looking at me and I'm like is something wrong you know because I'm used to the talk back my grandmother um, my Blanche was a minister and both grandmothers were and they were in the same church but my Blanche used to um, sit in the pulpit, and anytime there was a minister, she, of course, was like, you know, very exuberantly, like, clap her hands, and amen, and praise the Lord. But if it was something she didn't like, she'd say, no, 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 and shake her hand. So don't do that to me, please. (laughs) But let's practice. So say amen. amen. Yes. Or yes, yes, if you agree with something, well. Well, there you go, yeah, so that, you sound like the black church in here. Uh-huh, and you can clap, and I will pause if you want to clap, that's okay. Preach, yeah, that's one, that's one, that is one. Um, before I quote Gandhi, who was up here, I want to acknowledge that he was a man of his time. His views on race, and in particular black people, were highly problematic. Um, Ashwin Desai and Gulam Vahed, professors of the University of Johannesburg and the University of KwaZulu-Natal, um, they described um, some disturbing accounts of uh, Gandhi's view of black South Africans in a, ve- in a peer-reviewed article, but it is controversial. I'm not sure if Gandhi um, actually said the things that he is being quoted as saying, um, And I am not sure if he evolved in his thoughts when he went to India. But uh, in my experience, I think it's hard to practice meditation and to hold on to some extreme views. So I imagine there was a shift. I want to believe that. Um, And there is some debate here for yet another time whether the words of a person harboring racism should be used at all. But in this instance, his words actually capture the spirit of uh, my message to you and what's on my heart, so please forgive me. In his magazine, Young India, Gandhi regularly offered platitudes, words to be contemplated, words to be taken to heart. In the October 1925 edition, he lists seven social sins. Um, or in words that are a little more palatable palatable to us, um, seven mistakes human society commits that causes social violence. Um, I think I'm gonna read these to you, and I think we will hear some of the mistakes that are currently happening in our society and maybe in our government. Wealth without work, pleasure without conscience, knowledge without character, commerce without morality, science without humanity, worship without sacrifice, politics without principles. Yes. Right? (laughs) Good job. So we could spend quite some time on each of these, especially that last one, but I'd like to speak about worship without sacrifice this morning there are two words in this sixth of the social sins that might ruffle our liberal religious feathers worship mm, and sacrifice. Ooh, those are a little difficult. So let's look at sacrifice. Um, in my own usage, and what I believe was Gandhi G's thoughts, sacrifice here does not connote martyrdom and suffering. I know when we hear the word sacrifice, we think of suffering for the sake of others. That definition, that very definition of suffering for the sake of others was born from a particular Christology or a particular interpretation of the sacrifice of Christ. Even Webster defines sacrifice from a Christo-Christian perspective of suffering. Um, It states uh, sacrifice is to suffer loss for an idea, to suffer loss for an idea. Well, as you know, Gandhi wasn't a Christian. Though he learned from Christianity, he was very Indian and um, from that diverse religion that that was later called uh, by mostly Westerners, Hinduism. In that context, sacrifice is sacred offering given in order to curry favor with fate or destiny, in order to benefit oneself or others. A sacrifice can be given to something larger than ourselves, such as God, uh, the earth, a deity. Um, But it also can be given to other people. And finally, it can be given in the name of a higher principle. In my personal experience of Indian religion, there is joy and liberation in sacrifice. Practitioners of Indic religious traditions hold an appreciation of the opportunity to give. Sacrifice is not suffering. The fact is, it is the very opposite. You don't actually need a whole lot to practice sacrifice. Um, even in Buddhism, in my personal practice, there is a, this a practice that you imagine offerings in your head, offerings that you've dreamt about all of your life, about having, maybe you win the lottery, you have a great house, and all those things you dream about when we're being a little materialistic in our mind. But you think of all of those things, and you take that, and you give it away. In Mississippi, um, the place where I grew up, where I was raised, uh, I've known so many people who have so little, yet they give so much of themselves. They always find a way to feed you when you go to their house. Um, They are always wealthy with this spirit of generosity. Those people, those people like that, those people that I remember, they radiate love and joy. They radiate it. If you've ever been in the presence of a Buddhist or Christian monk or nun, you may have noticed how joyful they are. I personally, I call this sacrificial joy. A lifting of the spirit that comes with a conviction to give up our attachment to things for something greater. However, sacrifice doesn't have to look like asceticism. You don't have to be a monk or nun. Don't have to sell your house, give up your job, and wear a tunic. You don't have to. But there, there might be someone here's call to that. I think we really do need those people in the world. But in this case, what I'm talking about, and as bell hooks, Uh, Is quoted as saying, sacrifice can be material or immaterial. Some of us share through conscious tithing, giving money in our offerings, and others through a daily practice of loving-kindness, giving to those in need who we randomly encounter. Sacrifice isn't about what you give up. It is about releasing the attachment to what is being offered. It is about building a spirit of and a being of generosity. Mm. In Buddhism, we talk about pure offerings. Uh, The common saying that we hear from our teachers is, there is no giver, no gift, and no receiver. There is no difference between the person giving and the person receiving. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. We are all tied up, as MLK says, in a single garment of destiny. Really, honestly, there is no gift either. The thing offered is really meaningless. It is the acknowledgement of our interdependence that is the pure offering. The compassionate mind realizes when we give a perfect sacrifice That's the point, and maybe, maybe the point of life. There is no sacrifice, though, if one is doing it to look good. There's no sacrifice if you can brag about how great the offering is that you gave away. There's no sacrifice if you're trying to manipulate someone with your offering. No. Um, There is no sacrifice if you're being disingenuous. Worship without sacrifice, worship. Worship, or the practice of religion, must have sacrifice to save itself from xenophobia and fundamentalism. The character of worship without sacrifice is bigotry, zealotry, extremism, and fanaticism. Principled ideas and politics without sacrifice are just as dangerous. They turn into terrorism, militancy, and nationalism. What we call religious fundamentalism rose predominantly in the 20th century. It was an apolitical movement concerned with the impending coming of the Messiah known as premillennial eschatology. Premillennialists thought that it was useless to do anything to fix society, pointless to focus on giving to others, since the world was doomed. Uh, Hence the fundamentalist expression, um, why polish the brass on a sinking ship? (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, So they navel-gazed, and they began to hide in the walls of their church and behind their theology to wait for the impending coming of Christ and doom of the world waiting for that thousand years of glory when Christ will reign on earth and there will be heaven here. Those folks got political eventually, right around the 1970s, as we know. um, They found friends in the 1980s White House. Tired of hiding away, they brought their narrow religious ideas to the public sphere and demanded everyone to live by them. They would not, they will not, sacrifice their own comfort or ideas for the sake of anyone else. They fake sacrifice by giving to their own and for their own needs. They worship without sacrifice. We religious liberals must guard ourselves, guard ourselves against fundamentalism. And remember that we do have a pliable and flexible faith. It is the heart of our religion. One that will give itself to the sake of peace and the sake of justice. Our ideas are only as good as they keep us honest in our work. We know that the time for heaven on earth is now, and that we are the architects of heaven. We must learn sacrifice and be willing to give of ourselves, and be willing to maybe even give up some of our traditions if they no longer serve us. Our traditions. Xenophobia and traditionalism are signs that we are being influenced by the more dominant fundamentalist trends. When we won't change our worship, when we refuse the request of our youth to reform our religious education programs, when we resist the call of the most marginalized, like the black folks in Unitarian Universalism to change our community, we are worshiping without sacrifice. Our mantra in this time should be, how much more can I give? How much more can I give? It feels vulnerable saying it. Oh, I love that hymn, but it's a little racist. I won't be able to ever sing it again. I mourn that loss. How much more can I give? I sat through 12 years of Sunday school. It worked for me. makes me comfortable. Children want something else. How much more can I give? I come to church to meditate and feel peaceful. But people of color want more vocal, exuberant, and interactive services. Hmm. How much more can I give for the sake of others? My company is supporting hate and violence in the world. But I need the money, and I want to protect my family. How much more can I give? I love this neighborhood, and there is not one person of color in my community. How much more can I give? I want to move into this house that's in a historically black community. Uh Uh-oh, gentrification. I'm not going to go there with you all (laughs) and stop before you kick me out. I'm heartbroken about the separation of children and families, the crisis created by our current administration. I know those kids are lonely and sad right now. How much more can we give? In the biographies of spiritual masters, we often see that their great work was preceded by great sacrifice. The Buddha left his inheritance, his wife, his child, for the sake of others. A decision that sounds, it's a little challenging when we look at it two millennia away, but it created 2,000 years of Buddhist learning and teaching about loving kindness. Muhammad gave up his wealth and suffered extreme losses of family members at the hands of his enemies. And Christianity is full of sacrifices from John the Baptist to Jesus himself, sacrifices of their own bodies. In Unitarian Universalism, we don't have to look very far to find individuals who have sacrificed everything for the faith. We can bear witness to the life and death of James Reeb, murdered in Alabama because of his principled faith, and the lives and sacrifices of Martha and Still Sharp, who dropped everything their whole life to go to Europe to conduct covert operations against the Nazis. People who were willing to go to those places that scare you, those charnel grounds of death and resurrect life. It is the Sharps, the Kings, Mohammeds, the Jesuses that now inspire us in this moment. But I don't believe we need another messiah, a Buddha, or a martyr. We don't need individual heroes. We are, however, badly in need of communities that are willing to sacrifice together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 communities willing to share the burden of resistance against misogyny, queer and transphobia, nationalism, and racism. A sacrificial, beloved community is one willing to give up its comfort, its resources, and attachment to the self-serving needs that the community has for a higher principle they give this up. The journey of our community sacrifice must, however, begin with honesty. Honesty about our current state of affairs, both internally and externally. It begins with what we call in Buddhism exhaustion with samsara. A disillusionment, disillusionment with the status quo. A sense of meaninglessness in materialism that becomes apparent in the face of human suffering. We begin to look, as that song says, for more love somewhere. And we don't stop until we find it. Many of us began our spiritual journeys with this hope this spark, but institutionalism, committee drama, church life, it zapped it. It zapped our idealism, zapped it. We came for transformation. We came for transformation. We took that job to change the world. We moved for a meaningful life, but we got stuck, stuck in the grind of day-to-day life, the real needs of our families, the challenges of making enough money to keep up with inflation, we got stuck. Now, in the face of all that is happening, if you are indeed disheartened, angry, and sad, and I know there are some people here who are, I ask that you consider a sacrifice. It only takes a few brave souls working together to change a community. In these times and against the ever-growing beasts of hatred, we must work together. We must share the sacrifice. We must support those, if we can't do it, those who are willing to stand on the front lines of resistance. The results of you and your community's commitment to transformation will be joy, that joy that we came here seeking, and transformation in the lives of our community members. It's interesting. Sometimes we have to give up up that one thing that we think is making us happy and comfortable in order to experience true, selfless, sacrificial joy. What, What will be your sacrifice? love be with you love be with you love be with you till we meet again love be with you love Till we meet again. Thank you. Thank you. Go in peace. Amen. Ashe and blessed be.